0: is over when the final buzzer sounds the analysis ends when you say it does this is overtime open line interviews analysis and your opinion oilers hockey is brought to you by freeson brothers and now the heartland ford overtime open line here's reed wilkins on oilers radio six thirty, 30 chat and puck played out through the middle, short-handed breakaway. Here's Matthias Janmark. Janmark, the backhand scores.
1: Janmark, short-handed.
2: Oilers up, four to one.
3: Matthias Janmark scores twice tonight. The Edmonton Oilers knock off the San Jose Sharks five two. The Oilers have tied a franchise record with their ninth consecutive victory. They roll into the playoffs 14-0-1 in their last 15 games, and we'll see if they get the number one seed in the Western Conference. Four minutes into the second period, Vegas and Seattle are tied 1-1. If Seattle wins in overtime, then the Oilers would indeed get first place. So, 5-2 of the final tonight. The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. Head there now, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford. Overtime open line. Well, Rob, the Oilers finish off the regular season with just an incredible run. And there certainly was, I I think, the sense in in January and February that the team was, you know, getting better. Things were improving. They made some additions at the the trade deadline. But 14-0-1 in in their last... I mean, remember... Remember 62 days, 62 games ago, they were (laughs) 10-10, 20 games into the season, and it was like, uh uh-oh, were they ever going to get it going? Well, man, oh man, what a finish. Well,
4: we took a lot of calls for a while there, whether or not this was going to be a playoff team. And here they are waiting in the dressing room to see if they won the Western Conference. Uh, I'm not sure if there's been a game in the last little while where I didn't expect the Oilers to win at any point during the game. It's uh, before the game, you feel the Oilers are good enough to win each and every night. And then at any point in the game, if it's within one either way, you feel, well, the Oilers are power play away from scoring or uh, McDavid uh, quick break up the ice. And then as of late, the Oilers are never behind. So it's, it's to the point where every time the Oilers step on the ice and things are going their way, it's, it's like almost... Money in the bank. So the Oilers are playing as good as they've ever played since I've been doing this is my 17th year. I don't remember a team this deep that they can beat you with your first line because they have the best player in the world on it. They can beat you with the second line because they have the second best player in the world on that one. And then they've got depth that continues to score big goals in, in, in game after game. They get shorthanded goals from their depth players, Ryans and Yanmarks. Uh, they, they get McLeod back in the lineup. They add speed to it. I know that Bob alluded to it now. The Oilers, when the playoffs start next week, will have 12 forwards with double digit goals. They're on their second line. They got a guy named Leon Drysaddle who's 128 points would have won the scoring championship every year in the last 28 years. And he's second this year by like 30 points. But that's how good a year he's had. So the Edmonton Oilers are deep and the biggest question mark, well, there's two. Defense, they picked up back home. There's no more question marks on defense and goaltending. And what Stuart Skinner has done as of late has been nothing more than remarkable. He gives them solid start after solid start uh at no point do you ever see him swimming you don't see him lose his composure and as of late i mean this was this was a a a night where they gave up two we don't see that anymore so this is a very good hockey club that are 16 wins away from being a great hockey club
3: yeah that's a good way to put it and and we'll see if they can achieve that greatness that's now the storyline here again we don't know who or when it'll uh, it'll start monday or tuesday here at rogers place i mean it could be winnipeg uh, it could be the la kings and uh, we'll see what happens here with seattle and vegas 1-1 just over six minutes into the second period in terms of the, the game tonight nice finish to the year for Matthias yanmark who was uh, toiling in the minors at the start of the season and uh, he I, I, he does have an NHL hat trick. He was in the postseason, so he could have had his. Fr- and he had a couple of great yeah. chances yeah. in the third period.
4: Well, it's, it's funny. Most times, you'll see a, a, a role player have an opportunity to get a hat trick, and you'll you'll see a coach put him out on the ice with a Connor or a Leon or a Kucherov or a Matthews or a Marner. They'll try and get him a, a hat trick because those players are capable of finding him. Well, tonight he had Costin. Uh, and Bukestad looking for him, and Kostin made an unbelievable backdoor pass at Yanmark. I think was surprised that it got to him. He kind of double clutched it. He had he had Reimer beat. He didn't get it to the net in time, but he had a great chance there. He had a good opportunity late in the game, uh, in the last 10 seconds, where San Jose Shark made a desperation play to get back and make sure he didn't get that chance. Yanmark has been good. He's been very very good, and I think what he, again, the Oilers looked for players that can give them quality minutes in their bottom six that were dependable, that were safe. Well, these dependable, safe players, every one of them now has double-digit goals. So not only are they dependable and safe, but they're capable of putting the puck in the net. That's what makes the Edmonton Oilers a dangerous hockey club.
3: 5-2 the decision tonight in favor of the Oilers and those lineup changes we've seen over the course of the season are quick change for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Lube today, Yanmark, Dreisaitl, and Gregor in the first period, Bouchard, Yanmark, and Lorenz in the second period, and then Kane, the only goal in the third to put it away, and, and the Oilers, you know, who were, you know, they were fine through 40 minutes uh, in a game that we talked about, was certainly kind of lacking some of the intensity we've seen in other games, but the Oilers took over in the third period, out shooting San Jose 19-3, and were uh, uh, two or three James Reimer saves yeah. away for perhaps winning, uh, you know, seven or eight, two. But uh, the Oilers, they, they did enough tonight. That I think that's just what you kind of wanted out of you game.
4: You wanted, uh, you were hoping for a win. You were praying for health. And I think the Oilers got both of those things tonight as they came through it uh, injury-free. They got the two points. And now they just get to sit and wait and to see who they are playing. Uh, I know that bob asked mooner who he wanted and mooners gave the the company answer we don't care in all honesty both both first round opponents whether it's la or winnipeg there are risks with both yeah both of uh, are good teams winnipeg's played better as of late their team that at january 16th they were third in the entire national hockey league uh they found some rough times for a while but the one thing they've got is they got a goaltender that is world class The Winnipeg Jets probably have the best goaltender in the Western Conference. So they got great goaltending. They got some players who uh, had some dry spells this year, but capable of scoring, Uh, and they're a big, heavy team. And it will be a rough-and-tumble game. The biggest thing for Winnipeg is it wasn't too long ago they actually beat the Oilers in the playoffs, and the LA Kings' uh, sound hockey club from top to bottom. Neither will be an easy out, but I would think that any series that the Edmonton Oilers start this year in the playoffs outside of possibly the Stanley Cup finals the Oilers will be the favorite in those series cuz that's how good a season they've had and that's how good a finish to the season they've had
3: a lot of milestones for the Oilers that we'll we'll talk about tonight the Oilers are the 12th team since 1933 when the NHL started specifically keeping track of power play and shorthanded goals so the Oilers are the 12th team to lead the NHL in both power play goals and shorthanded goals in a season. It has not happened since the 80 81 Islanders, and uh, about half of these seasons were from when the NHL had six teams. So, these, just, so the odds of leading in both were a little better.
4: Hey, I'm shocked that none of the Oilers teams in the 80s did it, considering, I mean, wasn't the one year, didn't they have 30 some shorthanded goals had, one year?
3: I, I, I'd have to double. I don't think they ever had higher than third in power play,
4: which is enough. amazing.
3: Yeah, so uh 89 goals on the power play for the oilers which is a new franchise yep. record for goals and 18 shorthanded goals so yeah that's kind of fun uh, <laughs> and they got a shorthanded goal tonight we played the highlight off the top with matthias janmark and we we kind of uh knew that this was going to happen but it is official now the oilers have the best power play in a single season of all time in terms of percentage one for three tonight 32.4 percent that tops the 77 78 canadians who were 31.9 percent now again the percentage is not tracked all the way into history but still uh <laughs> but, almost but it's, a third on the power but
4: play. having said that, there's a certain point in time when the power plays were two full minutes whether you got scored on or not so that would be a huge advantage back then to be able to score two or three goals on a two-minute at man advantage. One thing we've had over the years, we've had a couple, I remember one gentleman kept calling, and I don't know if it was last year or the year before, he never liked the Edmonton Oilers power play. He didn't think it was the best. He thought the stats should be, were a little skewed the way that the NHL kept stats. I'm not sure there's any argument now with how good this Oilers' power play is. They're 32%, as you said, on the season they score. I think there's Another 35% where they probably should have scored, and they maybe have maybe 15% of the times they have the power play. They don't get a grade A scoring chance. That's how good their power play is.
3: 5 2 the Oilers win it tonight. James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Fill in the net all season long $100 to 630 Chad, Santa's Anonymous, for every Oilers goal. So $500 tonight and the total for the season will end at uh $32,500 total for the regular season regular season because hopefully there's several goals in the playoffs to tell you about as well but that is uh james h brown injury lawyers fill in the net for 630 chad Santa's anonymous yeah dry sidle uh, a power play goal uh, 52 goals 32 on the power play for him, uh, and that you know, I mean, we talk a lot about all the options on the power play, and it's just, as a staff reference, they're still tweaking it. I mean, it, it, to me, it, it's almost like an offense in in football, like they talk about the progressions. Okay, well, we'll we'll do we'll show them this, this play for first four games of the season. Then we're going to run this variation off the same formation. Then we're going to fake it and sometimes throw it. Like that's almost like the Oilers' power play. It's like, okay, what little wrinkle do we want to put into it now? Well, okay, the biggest you know, thing bro,
4: bro. about it is their execution. They execute better than any team in the National Hockey League.
3: We're gonna go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780 250 Help or visit Eclipse247.ca. Joining us live from the Oilers dressing room. Or it is defenseman Vincent Deharnay. Vincent, you're on with Reed and Rob Brown is here as well. Hey, hey how guys. Are you doing? how you doing? We're doing great. Thanks a lot for making time to join us here live on Overtime Open Line. Just nope. want to start with uh, with how you're feeling. You had to leave the game for a few minutes off that hit in the first period. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I think it was just for uh, precaution. I mean, my head went to the, the board pretty hard, so uh, trainer just uh, wanted to make sure I was feeling okay, but uh, no, everything is good.
4: What's going on in the dressing room right now? Are you guys following the Vegas Seattle, Seattle game? You guys uh, care about what on.
2: happens? <laughs> the game is on. I would live, if <laughs> I'd say it was uh, it wasn't on. But yeah, we're uh, obviously it's gonna uh, it's gonna affect if we uh, if we play probably Monday or or, uh, or Tuesday. So uh, we're we're definitely paying uh, close uh, close attention to it.
3: A lot of uh, great storylines for the team this year. You're one of them, and and some guys who were teammates on the Bakersfield Condors who are contributing. Uh, I'll ask you about Stuart Skinner. First of all, seeing him succeed. And the little uh, celebration you guys have after the game as well. Where'd that come from?
2: Um, I think we started doing it. Uh, personally, I started doing it when I was uh, probably in, in juniors. I would I would wait for players uh, after games, after wins. Uh, I would just give big big high fives. You know, I'm, I'm taller than most guys, so I'd always like I always like to to you know to to give a. A big high five but with skins we started doing it in bakersfield i think my second year um and yeah and we just kept uh, kept doing it and you know we're like hey even if it's the the nhl you know we uh, we win we're, we're we're pretty happy about it. So we, we we give a big handshake and uh no i mean the the fans seem to uh, to, to join in to, to like it so no it's uh, it's been it's been pretty awesome and i'm so happy for uh for skins I'm not I'm not even surprised how uh, how he's been playing but um, you know I, I was with him in, uh, in in Wichita and he was there the, the year before me too in uh, in the East Coast League and you know where uh, he, he's, he's worked so hard to, to get to get here to get where he is to bring his game where where he needs to be and uh, he's been he's been a, a rock for us so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very happy for him very proud of him and uh, I'm very excited for to see what uh, what he's got during playoff.
4: Now I, I was in the position where you were where you're an older player or a little bit older in the minors and there's probably at times you, you felt you could be in the National value, but sometimes that seed of doubt are you going to get the chance and here you are now contributing contributing in a big way is there a, an appreciation of where you are now because of how long you were in the minors and what you had to put in down there and are you enjoying it more because of how long you were there?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, When you (laughs) when you do bus rides in the East Coast League, uh, you know, 12, 18, 24 hours um, and, you know, fast forward four years and, uh, you're traveling in private jets and you know and you have you have a menu on the plane uh, <laughs> to pick your food and just stuff like that is just it's just awesome uh, i'm I'm very happy uh very happy that I've been through through everything I've been through, uh, which you know, if it's East Coast League, if it's AHL, you know, I've been through anxiety, depression. I've been through a lot of ups and downs, um, and I think it kind of made uh, made me the player I am right now, and it gave me a lot of experience. To uh, when when I got the call, um, I knew I was not gonna. I was not going to mess it up, you know, I've, I've been working very hard, I've been working about 10 years since I've, I've left home to 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 go play hockey prep school and, and uh, to go to college. Um, so no, when when I got the call, I was excited and I, I want to make sure I was going to stay here the rest of the season. So I, I definitely appreciate uh, the last 30 something games I've been here. It's been that's been awesome.
3: Vincent Deharnay joining us live on Heartland Ford overtime open line. The Oilers have won their ninth in a row, 5-2 over the San Jose Sharks. Vinny, you know, I asked Arnold Nurse about the the chance to tie a, a franchise record winning streak this morning. He didn't know about it. He did know what was at stake in the standings. I know your head coach, Jay Woodcroft, who you had in Bakersfield as well, is very big on the day's business. How much has it crossed your mind or is it ever discussed in the dressing room? Oh, hey, we've won this many in a row or or, hey, there are some records here that haven't been done since some of the players in the 1980s. Does that come up at all even in in a lighthearted or passing way?
2: Nope, nope. It hasn't. It hasn't, you know, we've We've been winning uh, quite a bit uh, the second half of the season, and I don't think once uh, in in the locker room was mentioned about our winning streak or or that record or this record. Um, I think everyone was was committed to to winning, you know, uh, whether it's the first line, the fourth line, uh, you know, our best D-man or, or, or seven d D-man. I, I think everyone is is committed uh, committed to to winning, and uh, you know that's what we've been doing, and you know we've uh, I think we've we've built a lot of confidence. Um, and we're just very excited to, to, to get things going. We, uh, the whole season, you kind of get prepared for uh, for playoffs, and you know uh, whether we finish first or second doesn't really matter. Uh, we'll be ready for who, whoever we uh, we have to play
4: what's the excitement level knowing that you're three or four days away from your first national hockey
2: league playoff game uh it's pretty cool honestly uh, at the end there when uh, all the fans were, were chanting and, and getting up on their feet and uh being you know being super loud and you know for me it's gonna be my uh, my first experience so it was pretty special to, to to see how excited the fans are and uh to see how the city uh is just getting ready for playoffs you know i've i've never really been part of, of of something this big uh so i'm i'm very excited to 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 be part of it and i'm i'm so excited to for for, for his game and and just get uh, get get things going here
3: wait i i know a lot this player has been talked about a lot so i want to ask you about him what is what is uh what has Matthias Ekholm meant? I think we know what he's meant on the ice. Can you can you share just something uh, leadership-wise, dressing room-wise, away from the game-wise that he's helped the group with as well?
2: Oh, he just he just brings uh, stability. You know, even even in the. The locker room. Sometimes you know uh, we we have a bad period, or, or you know some stuff doesn't doesn't really go our way. But he's always there to make sure you know everyone stays positive. He's always you know smiling, always you know if he has uh, something to say, he says that He's not shy of it. You know he's he's got a lot of uh, of experience, and uh, uh, you know he's been he's been uh, he's played quite a few games in um, in the playoffs. So uh, I'm sure it's gonna, he's he's going to be a big help for us.
3: All right. Well, Vincent, thanks for taking time to do this. We really appreciate it. I know you're appreciated the, uh, pre- appreciating the experience here of playing for the uh, Oilers and the fans through this incredible run. Thank you so much.
2: S- thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good night, guys.
3: That is Vincent DeHarnay joining us live from the Oilers dressing room here on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
4: A- again, being around the, the game as long as I have, there's, there's things that you just get excited for, and stories like Vincent DeHarnay, a guy that i mean who thought at any point in the season when the season began that he'd be part of this team not only is he part of it now he's a huge part of it he's a big part of the resurgence of the penalty kill he's uh a big part of the uh attitude that they can't be pushed around anymore because now you got this six foot seven monster of a man on the back end that plays with a little bit of edge actually not even a little bit a lot of edge uh he's become uh, an important part of this team so i i I knew very little about vincent de on september the 15th or whenever this season began but i can tell you right now he is the best one of the best stories that this this team has and it's it's exciting for him and and i love the fact where he talked about he's appreciative of his opportunity and the excitement that he has going into these playoffs. He goes, I've never been a part of anything this big. And I have been on the Oilers' plane. I got to play in it last year when uh, someone, I can't remember if it was Bob or someone had COVID. It is, fun. you do get a menu. And like I had. And you only went to Calgary? I only went to Calgary. <laughs> I was full for three days afterwards. Like, I thought my, I thought the, when they gave you a little sandwich when you first got on, I thought that was the dinner. Did I, didn't realize it was a six course meal. So I know exactly what Vinny was talking about when he talked. To about being on the private jet
3: yeah he's a, he's a great story in, in a season full of great stories for the team and for individuals and now as we've been talking about we we get to see the uh the, this is the best part of the story, the, the most tense part of the story, and it's even starting tonight, waiting to see who the others are going to play. Vegas now up 2-1 on Seattle with six minutes left in the second period.
4: And it's funny when he kind of jokingly or smilingly said, yeah, we got the game on here. We are taking it serious as to see who we are going to be playing in the next round, or excuse me, in the first round. Uh, Vegas with a 2-1 lead late in the second period, but it's far from over. Vegas only needs one point in this game for the Edmonton Oilers to finish second and play against LA. And right now, Seattle's all over Vegas. They just hit a post for the second time in the last two minutes.
3: I can also tell you that uh, Starla is the winner tonight of the $50 River Rivertree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line at two and a half points for Connor McDavid. It is a relatively quiet night for McDavid. He gets one assist in 15-16 of ice time. Did have five shots on goal. Set the line all season long for Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. 5-2. The Oilers beat the Sharks. Okay. We're happy to hear from you tonight. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by CertainTeed. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chance Inside the Oiler end, across to Gregor,
3: pinned by CC. puck goes behind the goal. Okay, that's our crunch of the game by the new dad, Cody CC. Him and his wife had a daughter for Cougar paint collision. The crunch, not the do- Cougar paint collision, not sponsoring births now. <laughs> That'd be pretty should cool, sell, though. We could sell that, maybe.
4: That, that <laughs> would be, be kind
3: of neat. <laughs> Cougar Paint Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Well, they are a family-oriented business.
4: I think you might be onto something right here.
3: Well, I'm full of good ideas, full of something. <laughs> All right, let's update the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit advantagetrailerrentals.com. 2-1 Vegas, leading Seattle, three minutes left. In the second period LA up 4-2 on Anaheim with 11 minutes left Canucks lead the Coyotes 4-3 in the third Bruins beat the Canadians 5-4 65 wins for the Bruins Hurricanes over the Panthers 6-4 Lightning shut out the wings 5-0 Devils beat the Capitals 5-4 Luke Hughes the game winner
4: yeah the third Hughes brother is now entering the National Hockey League they're the Sutters of the South Uh, Hughes, his second-ever National Hockey League game out of college. He scores the game-winner in overtime. He is a defenseman. Uh,
3: There's two defensemen and a forward in that Hughes household. Sabres over the Senators, 4-3 in overtime. Jackets over the Penguins, 3-2 in overtime. Leafs beat the Rangers, 3-2. Avalanche knock off the Jets, 4-2. Stars beat the Blues, 1-0. Flyers over Chicago, 5-4. Big ovation for Jonathan Taves after that game he also scored and the Predators beat the wild 4 three in overtime
4: but predator it's unbelievable what the Predators did with the number of players traded away and injured I give credit to that whole organization for a having depth and for the b the the coaching that's had to been done over the last month of the season I mean I don't know what it ended up being two points or three points out of a playoffs you
3: so is the name to remember tonight the nope. overtime goal I'm never gonna remember you remember name. that goal though well for oh, the he goal won't. was unbelievable hey, he's the, scored the
4: goal he went on a breakaway uh, again he wouldn't be on in the overtime period for Nashville if they were healthy Yet he goes in on a little breakaway and he puts the puck between his legs and goes top shelf on a pretty good goaltender, a Hall of Famer flurry.
3: Oilers win 5-2 over the Sharks, certainty hotline. We have Carson standing by. Hi, Carson, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hello. Hi, go ahead. How's it going? Good. I'm with uh, Josh right now. Hi, Josh. Hey, how's it going? Good. (laughs) Who's gonna talk, Carson or Josh? (laughs) Uh, I'll talk, I'll talk, Carson is. Okay, go ahead. What was the
5: question again, sorry?
2: Well, you've called in. What would you like to talk about? Uh, let's talk about how Stuart Skinner performed tonight. I thought it was unreal, to be honest. Um, I think it's just uh, amazing how that guy came in as a first year this year and uh, took the starting role. Um, I, just thought, I want to know what your guys' preferences on him too this year after uh, taking that starting role from Jack Campbell after being a backup goalie at the start of the season and uh, just coming in there and taking well, that starting goal.
4: Well, just look at, look at the year he's had. He's, he started in the National Hockey League as a backup goaltender. He gets the starting role about halfway through. He plays in an all-star game. He breaks Grant Fuhr's rookie goaltending record and he becomes a father. I mean, this, you can't ask for a better year. The only thing that could top it would be on June 13th, he's standing at center ice holding a Stanley Cup. And the way things are going for Stu Skinner and the Edmonton Oilers, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities.
3: Yeah, pretty incredible season for Skinner. 29th win of the year. Grant Feuer had 28 back in 81-82. So uh, pretty cool that, that this team, for you know, for the regular season is uh, compared to some of the greatest teams and players of, of the Oilers past, which is uh, which is pretty nice.
4: Well, I, I think that at the beginning of the year, you someone could have said, you know, at some point, people are going to be talking about Connor and the Wayne in the same breath. And then someone would say, you know, at some point, they're going to probably be talking about Leon and Marc Messier in the same breath. I'm not sure it's the middle of September we would have been saying, you know, people are going to be talking about Skinner and Grant Fuhr in the same breath. But here we are, five, six, seven months later, and we're talking about Stuart Skinner breaking a record of a Hall of Fame goaltender, Stanley Cup winner, Grant Fuhr.
3: Yeah, Skinner tonight making 27 saves on uh, 29 shots. Oilers outshot the Sharks 36-29 to get a 5-2 win. We have Ken at 780 63 Go ahead, Ken.
6: All right, good evening, Ed. Jesus, did Kane ever uh, need one? I'm just real, I'm so relieved to see him pop one. Uh what what do you guys think? But he must be uh doing good. I noticed Woodcroft always plays Kane with uh Leon. And uh, another thing uh there's somebody only had nine goals, but then did they get the the 10th and 11th tonight is that the same guy? Yeah,
3: Yanmark got to 10.
4: Yeah, had oh. his eight goals and he got his ninth and 10th tonight. Yeah.
6: What about um number of players that have uh, double digit goals in the whole league are the Oilers any uh what's the stat on that oh
3: that I'd i to, would i have to check yeah. the entire the i entire can say league, but
4: nobody has more guys in a lineup than the oilers do up front with double digit goals because all 12 oilers have double di- digit
3: goals yeah and yeah, I mean Kane's going to be big in the playoffs. Uh, I mean he did have a hat trick since. <laughs> yeah, the last although few weeks.
4: I got to be honest, I thought he looked frustrated it at times tonight.
3: Took so a couple of penalties, great, was yeah.
4: frustrated with things that were going not going right for him. Uh, and I do think when you're a goal scorer, you want to feel the feeling of a puck going in the net. And it was that was a nice deflection. It was a wonderful play by Leon Drysettle, but a wonderful even nicer deflection by Evander Kane it completely caught Reimer off guard and Reimer was outstanding in this hockey game tonight so it took something you know pretty spectacular to beat him and that was what Kane did with that deflection bar down.
3: Game number 500 for both Zach Hyman and Derek Ryan tonight Derek Ryan got an assist on Mark's shorthanded goal he's the third star Dry Dreisaitl the second star Yanmark with the two goals is the first star Rob and I give out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes Alberta's premier, modular home retailer. Well, I mean,
4: I thought Skinner was good. Uh, I saw that, did you give, We see one of the stars? No. No, yeah, so I thought Skinner was very good in, this, in net. And also, I mean, Darnell Nurse finished the night today plus three, adds to his, he well, the two, he and Matthias Ekholm are now, what, plus 28 and plus 26 on the season?
3: Okay, so Nurse was plus three, he finishes plus 26. Ekholm was plus two. He finishes plus 28.
4: That's not bad on your left side. And hey, give Ekholm credit. Like he started a little games, late. Yeah,
3: he was even when he came here.
4: Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm going to go four-star tonight. I'm going to give it to Stuart Skinner. Breaks Grant Fuhr's rookie record. Wins another one. And in the second period, uh, I thought the Oilers were a little sleepy. And Stuart's going to a few big saves to keep the Oilers
5: going in the right direction.
3: Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Alex is on the line. Hi, Alex.
5: Go ahead. Hi, guys. How are you? good well we're really happy here in Summerland. there's a lot of oiler fans out here and you know a lot of retirees from alberta people come out here to live especially in the last 10 years and uh even bob nicholson's uh mom uh, dorothy there is at the village by the station my wife has the pleasure of working there and and looking after uh mrs nicholson and I had the pleasure of meeting bob and her sister there too and uh yeah, there's a lot of other fans here. There's a lot of Toronto fans and Boston fans as well. But the one thing you don't hear too much these days is uh, any, any Vancouver fans. Uh, there are still a few whiners I hear, and um, they're not quite believing that Edmonton's got the defense and the goaltending to do it. And that just goes to show you how much they're watching TV these days or keeping up. I, I do have a question for you guys. And uh, my, my own feeling is this. I, I almost rather see them play L.A., uh, because they've beaten them last two games, and I think, uh, you know, it's a little fresh, and uh, I think Winnipeg is going to maybe uh, beat up Vegas a little bit, so I'd like to see... Uh, uh, I, I think that matchup might be better for them. Uh, what are what, what your thoughts, guys, on that, if you don't mind?
4: Well, I, I, both teams are good. L.A.'s been good all year long. Winnipeg's been uh, up and down like a roller coaster. I think Winnipeg has... Superior goaltending, possibly or probably the best goaltender in the Western Conference. I think Winnipeg plays a more physical game than the LA Kings do. I think the Winnipeg Jets. A number of those players were part of the team that upset the Oilers a few years back. Uh, LA, to me, is deep. They got a they got a solid team. I think both teams are good. I really do. I think the Oilers are better than both, but you need bounces. You need breaks. You need things to go your way. I don't think it matters who the Oilers play in the first round because each round gets a little bit harder. And If you're not good enough to beat L.A. or Winnipeg, you're not going to go. You weren't going to win the Stanley Cup anyway. So uh, to me, I don't think it matters which one they weigh, who they play. It's it's just going to be fun. And it's kind of neat right now as we sit here watching games that really normally wouldn't mean a whole lot to us. But here we're watching the Vegas Seattle Kraken game, just trying to get a picture of
3: when we'll be starting and where we'll be starting next week oilers win 5-2 over the sharks here's captain connor mcdavid
7: so i mean tough to write a better script for a closeout to the season for you guys here maybe this last few weeks connor i think you're 29 out of 30 points or something and just just seem to really be hitting a clip here
8: Uh, yeah it's been good you know obviously we uh, feel good about our game heading into uh, the most important time of year um obviously we're excited um yeah Game like this, obviously, it's, there's still stuff on the line.
6: It, mm-hmm. Does that make it a bit, I guess, not easier to play, but gives yeah. motivation to play to finish off strong?
8: Uh, well, even even if there wasn't stuff on the line, you know, we'd want to we'd want to finish strong. You know, um, we've been saying all along we we believe that uh, you know momentum is is a thing, and, and and you can carry it into the playoffs. So, you know, I thought our game tonight was uh, was solid. Um, you know, and uh, and we continue our strong run um, into uh, into the playoffs. They say in the playoffs, you know, your third and fourth line guys have to contribute.
6: Sometimes the top two lines against each other. They've been playing really well these last couple of weeks. Just what can you say about those guys?
8: Everybody's been playing well. Everybody, you know, you know, especially you know um, those guys. Um, they've been really, really good. You know, Uxstead since he's been here has, has has been awesome. You know, and I think uh, you know everybody up and down the lineup has been uh, has been solid. Sometimes it's hard to compare, but Leon Postgame said that you, you guys felt very confident last year going to the class.
7: Is it similar this year? Could, could maybe be even a little more confident? As you said, everyone's playing well right now.
8: Yeah, I mean, I think you talk to all 16 teams heading into the playoffs, they're going to feel pretty good about themselves. You know, everybody's done good things to get themselves into the, into the, into the playoffs. Um, you know, so we're no different. Like I said, we feel, we feel strong about our game. Um, we're confident. Um, that being said, there's 16 other teams that are real good and, and feel the same way. Your season, uh, you set new marks and goals. You win the Rocker Shard, the Art Ross.
7: New marks and assists, new marks and points. Uh, you always try to get better. Did you think you'd get this much better?
8: Um, you know what? It's a regular season now. Now is the time to uh, now the time to really play. So um, you know it was a, a good regular season individually and for the team. know, um, yeah, but now is a, now is the fun time.
7: You've gone into the playoffs here with different variations of teams mm-hmm. over the years now. Uh, maybe characterize this one. Is this team? I like better? How do you feel about a compared to uh, the past?
8: I would just say more mature. You know, more mature. We've been uh, we've been there. Um, you know, we've 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 taken it a step further now. Um, you know, with last year and, and uh, you know, those are all learning experiences. You know, we, we like we talked about kind of a, a couple kind of a week ago now. You know, those are all learning experiences that uh, you need to put into good use now.
9: Last year you had Mike Smith who was 40 carrying the load as this year you got a rookie who might start in the playoffs what are you thinking about Stu? he's never played a
8: playoff game what do you think uh what i know about Stu is he's won at every level he's played at um you know i think he's uh He's a winner. Um, you know, the the pressures or whatever it is in the playoffs, I don't think is, is anything new to him. Um, you know, obviously at this level it's new, but, you know, he's won a junior. Um, he's won in the American League. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's been a great goaltender all the way up, and um, and we believe in our other guy, too. They say that when the playoffs start that the regular season doesn't count for anything anymore, but it, it does. Like, what do you take from this regular
9: season that is going to help you guys in the playoffs?
8: Well, we can win different ways. I think, um, you know, we've showed that, especially over the last little bit. You know, if you want to play a tight checking, solid, you know, to one game you know we can play that way and obviously that's the way we want to play but you know ultimately we can also score goals too you know we got some uh, we got skill up and down the lineup and um we're a good mix of uh we're a good mix of guys as well you know if you want to play physical we got the guys to do that as well i don't know if jan mark's ever had a hat trick but he had a lot of chances yeah, to get really that third yeah yeah really really good luck that was a great play by his two line mates and um i you know, just didn't quite find it but he's a guy that's played really well over the coming down the stretch and you know, obviously tonight was real solid too like, uh, like yeah, that was impressive. And you don't see that move much. It was, uh, it was nice.
3: Well, another one uh, McDavid can add to his repertoire after seeing Jan Mark <laughs> score on the shorthanded breakaway. <laughs> Quick news and weather update here. More of your phone calls. You'll also hear from Stuart Skinner and Jay Woodcroft. Oilers win their ninth in a row. That ties a team record. Five-two over the Sharks. This is Hartland Ford overtime open line. <laughs>
0: Live, Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Left side to McDavid, into the corner, pass across, Dreisaitl scores! Leon Dreisaitl with a one-timer from a
3: sharp angle, and it's 2-0 Edmonton. Okay, Dreisaitl's power play goal. Made it 2-0, Oilers in the first. They win 5-2 over the Sharks. Oilers 32.4% on the power play this season. That is the best ever for a full season in the National Hockey League. Greed Wilkins, Rob Brown, joining you from Studio 99. We will have all your playoff games right here on 630. Ched, we do not yet know the schedule. We have Jennifer on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Jennifer, go ahead.
1: Hey, um, I just wanted to say your co-host there, him and Kevin Viexa, those are my guys. It's like you guys just walked out of the locker room yesterday. No slam against the other broadcasters who are uh, former athletes, but love that. And I just wanted to say that um, I had a brief moment in time where my kids played hockey with Stu Skinner. Obviously, they <laughs> A couple of solid double and triple A's at Southside, and he's gone on to much bigger things. But it's crazy, and a couple of your uh, callers have mentioned this how this young person has come in and been successful. And what I see is just someone who is so calm, calm, and confident. He's just going out there and getting it done. He's not getting in his head, he's not thinking, you know, pressure, pressure. He's just so calm. And, and this the last point I'll leave, and you guys can riff on this if you want, is, um, you know, Connor McDavid and Dry Settle and this whole team and our coach and the way they pull together is a gift. Edmonton is, you know, kind of considered by the rest of Canada sometimes like the backwater, but we know we're great. We know the city has a city with soul, and when the team does well, we all feel good about ourselves because we all work hard, and these guys are kind of the epitome of it and it's showcased every night and I know it's a bit of a stretch, but if you think about it, they're who we all want to be, they're the good in all of us, and that's why it's magical and it's a gift, and so thank you to the Oilers.
3: Well, thanks for that, Jennifer. Well well put, really cool phone call. It is going to be amazing in the, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, people rally around the team. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've told this story before. I've, you know, got a cousin who's not much of a a sports fan. And in 2017, when they were finally back in the playoffs, she said, where do I get those orange T-shirts everybody has? (laughs) Because I think she also found at work she couldn't have a conversation with anybody unless she knew what happened in the game the night before. Yes, and again, Skinner's an incredible story. Um, And he he is, I I know he's he's a a rookie, but but he is 24. Yes. And, And I think from my own life experience and a lot of people I've known, there is a big difference between 19 and 24. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's 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 gone through some stuff, and I mean, it wasn't always a smooth ride, even when he was in, in the minors in the AHL.
4: No, nope. it hasn't been. But what you love about him, and and this caller was very astute and we talked about his calmness. This is a he's playing the most important position on the ice, and he's on a a team that has got high expectations. They got the two best players in the world. They've They've added a bunch of really good pieces that, though, there's a lot of pressure on the guy that's playing net. And we've seen that over the last couple of years, how uh, if things go sideways, we had two goalies run out of town last year in January because that was the weakness. So there's a lot of pressure at playing in a Canadian market, being a goaltender on a really good team, and nothing seems to phase him. Uh, nothing phases him in the games. When he talks, he talks in nice, measured a voice, And he just talks from the heart. and like, This is what I see. This is what I believe. And you're like, huh, this kid's got it all figured out at the age of 24. And again, three days, four days from now, whenever the playoffs start, the pressure's going to ramp up again on him. But to me, I have no worry or no fear about the kind of goaltending that the Edmonton Oilers are going to get in the playoffs. Every big moment this year, every pressured situation that we've seen Stuart Skinner and the Edmonton Oilers face this year. Stuart Skinner rose to the occasion and rose to the challenge. And I would I expect it's gonna happen like that in the playoffs. So uh, a dream year for Stuart Skinner is continuing, and I would expect him just to add to the to the dream and add to uh, this magical story that he's had over the last seven, eight months. There's nothing that I've seen over this last little while suggests that he won't be anything. But great moving on forward.
3: We have Tony calling in as well. Hi, Tony. Go ahead.
1: Nice.
6: So right now we are going to be either facing the Kings or possibly the Jets. If you go into the locker room Monday morning, or sorry, no, sorry, tomorrow morning, and say, say, okay, we are facing the L.A. Kings. Who are you more looking for? Uh, looking forward to facing, if you're the
4: boys. Are you asking who the who the players would rather play?
6: I'm asking who who would the players be more excited like who would the no, be more excited to f- face? The LA Kings? or the Jets?
4: Yeah. They don't. They don't. Honestly, they don't care. The Edmonton Oilers believe in themselves. They know that to get to the to win a Stanley Cup, they have to beat four good teams. And every time they beat a team, the next one they play against is going to be better. So whether it's la or, or or winnipeg if they're not capable of getting by both of those they weren't going to win the stanley cup anyways right this is a team that believes in themselves they don't care who they play both teams have different sets of challenges and just like any team in the national hockey league both teams have weaknesses but the weaknesses are fewer in the playoffs and they get fewer and fewer on these teams as they go forward so there's i don't think any of those players care There may be, if there's one team that was on the other side of the country and one that was just down the road, they might prefer because of travel to play one or the other. But between L.A. and Winnipeg, they don't care. They just want it to start.
3: 5-2, the Oilers win tonight their final record this season, 50-23-9 fourth time in franchise history they get to 50 victories fred is on the certainty hotline hi fred go ahead hey boys
0: you know what i've been watching this team for 51 years i'm just as excited tonight as i was back in the 70s watching jock Plot and jim harrison but the season turned around when we picked up a boy from uh, bakersfield seventh round 183rd overall pick when day Rna came here The season turned around do you agree with that i think he's part of the turnaround
4: i think a because of the story and b the skill set he brought he brought some meanness he brought some size and he brought some excitement Uh, during the middle of the season sometimes the season gets a bit of a lull in it especially for players that have been around a long time they played in the big games and all of a sudden in the middle of the season uh, it, it just it's hard getting the emotion and the intensity up but if you got some six foot seven dude in your dressing room that's so excited and and he's just rattling because he can't wait to get out there you feed off of that and then he he made the penalty killing better he made the third pairing better he made them tougher uh he made gave them a little bit of edge on the back end so he was one of the pieces yes absolutely that made this team better
3: the oilers final points percentage this season is 664 which is the fifth best in franchise history. As you know, Rob, sometimes I'll do points percentage when the games played aren't exactly equal. A lot of the teams in franchise history played 80 games. So if you go by points percentage, the fifth best regular season in the history of the Edmonton Oilers.
4: How'd they do in the other four years?
3: 85, 86, and 83, 84, they were 744. So one year they lost no, to Calgary, the other year they won the cup. Okay, yep. 81, 82. They were upset by Los Angeles. They were 694, 84, They had a 681 points percentage. They uh, won the Cup. So, so two, two of the four they won the so Cup.
4: So th- if this is a best-of-five series, they really need to win this one to, to win the series.
3: Sure. 5-2 <laughs> over the Sharks. Tonight, we have Alex on the line. Hi, Alex. Go ahead. Hey,
9: fellas. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to touch on uh, with how successful the penalty the last how many games and do you guys think that this playoff run the power, the penalty kill could lead into the playoffs and it can be that successful uh, uh, yeah i
4: do i believe they are, they can be successful in the in the playoffs in the penalty kill i think they've uh changed it a little bit they're much more aggressive i think the additions of deharnay and ekholm on the kill are huge uh you know normally you only go with two pairings on the back end on a penalty kill for the two minutes. So they just changed 50% of their penalty killers. And they added, uh, well, and they play, usually play together. So one minute of your penalty kill is now Ekholm and DeHarnay. Ekholm, as we've seen, has been all world and Harnay is a six foot seven man with incredible reach that blocks everything. So yeah, I think their penalty kill, what you see now is more indicative of their penalty kill than what you see as a percentage over the course of the season.
3: Yeah, and that's part of the, the the strategy of the playoffs or the back and forth or the coaching adjustments. Now, starting tomorrow morning, the coaches aren't looking at the tape of the next three or four opponents. They're looking at one team over and over again, right? So yep. that's where a lot of the adjustments come in, the coaching adjustments come in. I think the intelligence and hockey IQ of the players Yep come in i mean you can't if, if, if the Oilers go out whoever they play and halfway through their first pk first power play they're like oh my god i've never seen a well i guess we'll <laughs> wait till practice tomorrow to see what woody tells us i mean you, you gotta so, figure it out in the game so right now
4: the main two teams are probably la or winnipeg it's a, there's a rare chance in seattle so the coaching staff has got their, well
3: la's now one so they're
4: oh, so okay so there you go so it's either la or or winnipeg so the coaching staffs had the video guys break down both those teams all their power plays all their penalty kills all their tendencies all their players and then when they know the teams then it'll just be that focus so they will see here's the la kings power play Here's where they score all their goals. Here's what they did against us. Here's how we stop them. And then they will just focus solely on that. And then they'll do the penalty kill. Here's where they're good at penalty kill. Here's what we got to do. This is what's so fun. Coaches, I believe, and I've never been in this situation, but I believe coaches love playoffs the most because the most coaching happens in the playoffs because now (laughs) you're going head-to-head against another coach and what you did in game one, now they've adjusted to. Now you got to change it for game two. And it's a lot of fun and the one... Thing that we've seen is if it is la they played each other seven games last year in the playoffs and todd mcclellan has a history with the edmonton Oilers, and jay woodcroft has a history with todd mcclellan so it just adds to the storyline and that's what that that way that series would be so exciting just because they just played last year the winnipeg one the angle there's two canadian teams going at it and the fact that they just played against each other a couple years ago and there was a huge upset in it so both series have incredible storylines. I think the players are just excited to get on the ice, game one of the playoffs, and hear the absolute bedlam roar of the crowd.
3: Okay, we'll uh, get to a couple more calls. You'll hear from Stuart Skinner when we bring you back. He's the winning goaltender tonight. Oilers beat the Sharks 5-2. This is Hartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Out of Peterson, to the Oiler end, drops it to Couture, to the middle of Hurdle! Oh, oh what a glove save by Stuart Skinner! That one-timer by Hurdle, and Skinner able to snag it out of
3: the air. Cam Moon calling Stewart. Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. So, Skinner, the victory 29 14 and 5 on the season. Here he is.
10: breaking Grant rookie record for wins. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it means a lot, obviously, being, uh, you know, recognized in the same sentence as Grant Fear. I mean, uh, growing up in Edmonton, all you heard about is how fantastic of a goalie he is, competitor. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame goalie, one of the best goalies to ever play the game. Um, <clears throat> so it's a really cool moment. Um, at the same time, um, you know, regular season, it's about, you know, trying to make your way into the playoffs. And now that we're able to do that now, it's, uh, you know, the season's over with now. So it's all about postseason. It's a, goalie. It's a good rookie season
9: take it over and- the playoffs is, is do you autom- automatically think oh that's going to be way tougher or do you just try to play it like okay it is regular season but you know it's not
10: yeah um i mean that's in my experience of playing in the playoffs it's uh you know there's a lot of nerves into it there's a lot of uh, excitement uh, a lot of jump and that goes for both teams um especially in the i mean All four rounds is just, uh, you know, a bloodbath normally, so it's going to be a lot of fun, and um, I'm really excited for it. It's, uh, you know, we we know how to play the game. Uh, These guys in the room know how to make it all the way to third round, and, um, you know, hopefully we can uh, do a little bit better than that this year. Sorry to interrupt. You go back a couple of months, and the narrative was about
7: the Oilers being able to outscore defensive issues or this or that or whatever. Look at the way you guys have finished here. It feels like that's, you know, the way you guys are defending, that narrative has kind of disappeared a
10: little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, the guys have been playing great, and that's a credit to the guys in, in this room. Uh, I mean, just a defensive game from everybody. Uh, you know, obviously, it, it's a... Uh, just the way our defensemen have been playing, and then also just our forwards—the way that they come back. The, you know, uh, just tonight our forwards came back and stopped a couple two-on-ones and a couple 3 on twos really good threats, and um, you know block shots from everybody. So um, that's what it takes to win games. Uh, that's what it takes to you know keep keep goals out of our net, um, and hopefully we uh, continue to do that. I know we will.
7: I know it's you know you're just through this for the first time at this level, but what would you say about this group's ability to? kind of correct itself like when certain things aren't going what have you seen in their ability to kind of auto correct
10: yeah i think uh i mean depending on the situation of the game right i think uh i think we have the guys in here to be mentally strong to be patient um to know when to attack and when to you know stay back and uh play smart um you know it's all situational and the guys in here know how to do it um you know we've we've played 80 82 games uh you know 82 preseason games, if you if you will, for uh, for for what we're about to go into next, and I think we've gone through a lot of situations of adversity and also you know the highs of you know winning a lot of games, and we know how to play in uh, every situation. Stu, we always talk about experience in the playoffs, but
9: rookies tend to win Stanley Cups too. Jordan Binnington was every... a <laughs> rookie. Cam Ward
10: was a rookie. Yeah. So, does it matter? I mean, it doesn't matter unless I, unless uh, you know we do it. Um, I mean that would that'd be fantastic. I, I really hope that you're right. Well <laughs> oh, Cam Word's from Shirley Park, too. Yeah, yeah, Cam Word. I uh, I remember watching that series and um as a fan obviously I wanted to go the other way but um you know hopefully uh I know we got the group of guys in here to, you know, we, we have the bodies in here that know what it takes to, to win uh, win games in the playoffs. So hopefully we do that more than any other team. You guys are taking a really
7: hot run here into the playoffs, 1-9 straight. Just been winning for about a month or
10: more. Yeah. Uh, does that reset when the playoffs start or is there some carry over there? Um it def- definitely resets. Um, you know, we're z- zero and zero. Um, you know, starting uh, right now. Um- So I think uh, obviously we're feeling good and we have some momentum going into uh, the playoffs and we are going to keep that momentum. uh, But at the same time, I mean, the result, if you look at the board, everyone's at zero, zero wins, right? So um, that's all that matters now.
7: This town goes next level, like the fan base goes next level, the town does the
10: intensity. Yeah.
7: How do you think you'll manage that?
10: Um, I mean I've been around it for quite a while here Um, I mean it's so much fun everyone in every store that you go to is wearing Oilers jerseys Uh, I mean I was here I had the privilege to be here during the playoff run and uh, especially in the third round there like i thought the building was gonna just crumble how fa- how loud the fans were and um i'm really excited that i'm actually able to be in the room for that and uh, be on the ice for that so i can't wait uh it's going to be a lot of fun and uh use the energy uh that the fans give us when you're watching are you living and dying with every save too as a fan when you're watching somebody play? last year yeah i mean it was I mean, it was incredible to watch. Um, Also for me um, and what I wanted to do uh, coming into the next year, which would be this year, um, you know, I was trying to learn as much as I could from that, um, just kind of how Smitty and Miko were every single day, how they recovered, how, uh, I mean, just the day-to-day of playoff life. Um, So I, you know, that that helps me too going into this year um, and this round of playoffs. Um, I've been around it. I've been around guys who have been very successful at it. In your last game? Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I, happy that I contributed. But uh yeah, 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 and Mark did all the work there. Oh. He was uh that was a nice goal.
3: <laughs> all right, that's Stuart Skinner winning goaltender tonight, Oilers over the sharks five two.
4: Yeah, he's kinda giggling when he talked about yeah, when they asked him about Breaking Grant Fear's record. He says, Yeah, they used to talk about him all the time. Then I'm starting to think, Yeah, that's right. He never would have seen Grant Fear no. play, <laughs> and it wouldn't have been close. No. Uh, so, uh, but, well, let's, for, if he doesn't know, Grant Fear was a really, really good goaltender here in the Edmonton Oilers organization and a Hall of Famer.
3: 5 2, the Oilers knock off the San Jose Sharks tonight at Rogers Place, 7804960063. <coughs> Pardon me. We have Gord on the line. Gord, go ahead.
11: Hey, guys, uh, kind of building on what a lot of people have been saying today about the defense and, and what Jennifer was talking about, the calmness of the team. I, I think it's some confidence, too, and I see it through the whole defensive core, and I think it's the strongest it's been, like, I, I think since that run when Pronger was on defense, but it feels a lot deeper this year. I mean, even Jack Campbell, you know, he's got a record of 21-9. and nine. I mean, he's no slouch there. And then the other quick comment I have is that, you know, uh, the guys have been really called upon a lot this year. And with, the, and with the number of goals scored this year, do you think Japanese Village will have to raise the free limit to six? Or <laughs> 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 well,
3: they can't change it mid-year, so it's staying at five for the playoffs. Yes, good question, though. Well, I mean, again, Ekholm a- was, was huge. I, I think the experience of, of some of the other players is huge. But now with Ekholm, and you say this all the time, Rob, nobody's being asked to do anything they're, they're not capable of doing. Everybody's yep. slotted perfectly. I, I think Ekholm and Nurse help each other out, quite frankly, and 100%. Uh, yeah, they've been defending a lot better. Well,
4: and, and you look at a player like Kulak who, uh, for a lot of the season, was having to play probably above his pay grade in, in, in a, the second pairing. Now he's in the third pairing where he belongs uh, and he's excelled. He and a they give them a solid third pairing. So Adding Ekholm just added another layer of safety for the Edmonton Oilers' defense. And I think where you're really going to see, and it's funny saying it now, because getting the dividends of of the Ekholm trade after what you saw over the regular season, but this is a guy that's played more playoff games than any other Edmonton Oiler. He's played in big moments. He's been to the Stanley Cup Finals. So he understands what it's like, and you you cannot say enough about experience come playoff time because I'd be hard to believe that the Oilers are going to go through the entire playoffs without any stress or, or any anxious moments. And it's nice to have a guy that's been there before to talk you through that. And hadn't even mentioned it when he was talking with us. He said, at Combs, he's been there. He, he's a guy that we can lean on, and he has a loud voice in the dressing room. That's important for the Edmonton Oilers.
3: Eight minutes left in Seattle. Vegas leading the Kraken 2-1. L.A. has beaten the Ducks 5-3, so L.A. is for sure third in the pacific division and vegas trying to wrap up first we'll keep you posted on this one we also have henry on the line hi henry thanks for calling
6: hi Reed and rob how are you
3: good what's on your mind
6: uh i'm a first time caller i'm calling from hong kong oh amazing um, thank I'm, you yeah uh am i the first one
4: Probably. Yeah I I would think you're the uh, first caller we've ever yeah, had from Hong we, we've Kong. We've
3: had callers from oh. uh from a, f- a few different countries in Asia but yeah I, I can't remember somebody else from Hong Kong. That's that's awesome.
4: And how are you are you an Oilers fan in Hong Kong?
6: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um well, uh that's one big reason why I'm calling cuz uh, I've been hearing calls from uh Australia, Japan, UK, whatnot. I, I, I thought uh, you gotta have some represent, representation from uh, from the far east, right? So, here I'm calling, um, and I also said uh, I, I would call you guys when uh, when the Oilers hit all the milestones, um, like um, David hitting uh, 60 uh, the 60 goals, um, 150 points twice 50 goals huge 100 100 points uh and the power power, power play um record uh we have broken that right 30 32.4% right
3: yeah that is the single season yeah. percentage record absolutely
6: yeah and uh kind of a regret uh, that David uh, reaches uh what 65 goals and 150 fifty-five points.
3: Yeah, he didn't did, did uh, quite get to those, but still, a pretty remarkable season. Yeah.
6: But yeah. I, uh, I guess we, we can't be uh, too greedy. Um. And I'll also promise my my son Owen that I'm gonna call you guys when when we hit all those uh, milestones.
3: Well, that's so, that's awesome. Uh, he's
6: a, yeah, he's an avid. Uh, he's 11 years old. Uh he's. Uh, He's an avid uh, Oilers fan like myself, thanks to me. I uh, introduced uh, hockey and the Oilers to him, uh, what, five years ago when when they got back to the uh, playoff uh, yeah. after those uh, decades of darkness.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome, Henry. Yeah. Well, I'll tell yeah, you what, give, we're us, we're uh, give, give us a buzz during the postseason, okay?
6: I will for sure.
3: I will okay. for sure. Thank you so much. Well, that's awesome. That I, is I, awesome. It's fun getting the international calls. It is. It just shows you the
4: broad appeal of the Edmonton Oilers. They got fans everywhere around yeah. the world.
3: Well, and, and you and I touched on this and we we both believe it. There there is something uh unifying about sports under 100%. those rivalries. And so, yeah. you know, I always hate when you see other fans getting into fights with fans from other teams or something because it's it is it is a game, but mm-hmm. you know, Oilers fans are are excited. It brings people together and you heard my interview with Tim Adams from from Free play for kids and you know he deals with uh, a lot of kids who might not be able to get into sports or it'd be harder if not for his organization you know a lot of a lot of new Canadians and whether they make the NHL or Major League Soccer or wherever it's it's a sense of community you, yes. you know you might come to a new country there there's a country There was a family that spoke today that came to Canada from Afghanistan and was very happy to come to Canada and he said, well, I, he, he, the, the dad said, I have 11-month-old twins and they're going to grow up in Canada and they're going to play hockey, you know? So y- y- you go, you get a hockey stick or well, whatever sport and, and, and you fit in, right? You're part of a group.
4: It's funny. I've done a, a few different events uh, once, once or twice with the Oilers, but also with some schools where I've gone out on the ice with new Canadians and oh my god the smiles on their faces when they they put skates on for the first time and they skate around with the stick and i've been out there where some of these kids have fallen down three to four hundred times and they smile and get right back up once again but they want to be part of the the entire Uh, cultural experience of being in a a Canadian city, being in a cold climate. They want to play hockey, and they all had their Oiler jerseys, their Oiler hats, and they were all excited about being here. So it's great when you hear people from all over the world. And For me, I had a son that one of the biggest things that we shared was our love of sports, Mm -hmm. whether it be the Raptors, uh, the Oilers, and that gentleman that called from Hong Kong talking about he got his son into it and that that's cool it's it's just another way to connect with people around your community but also connecting with people in your family sharing something so that was a nice story to hear
3: yeah well and uh, and I, i've always shared that with my parents as well Though my mom is one of those fans that would probably fight fans of other teams <laughs> actually you know that's not true she would fight the players on the other
4: team <laughs> she was a big ryan kessler fan wasn't she
3: uh kessler perry well <laughs> actually probably yeah perry perry's I, the I, biggest I, one for her my mom would probably go after Corey perry
4: would <laughs> you know what? I've seen your mom. It'd be a close fight. It would be, it would be tight. Perry might have an advantage in the late rounds, but I, if your mom, you might be able, she might be able
3: to knock him out early. <laughs> All right, Oilers win five-two over the Sharks. It's a franchise record nine-game winning streak. Ties it anyway. Back from. February and March of 2001. Let's hear from head coach Jay Woodcroft.
7: What did you like most about what your, your team did tonight? You got the points that were obviously important, but what did you what'd you see from behind the bench? Yeah, well, I,
11: I thought the task was to get the win, and our players went out and did that. Um, it was probably the, one of the things I liked the best was that we locked it down in the third period. I, didn't, you know, I think the second period was our best period by any stretch, um, but I liked the way we played in that third period to lock them down and, and kind of put the game out to reach.
7: Bigger picture, uh, you've had a lot of things going really well for you for some time now. As a coach, when you evaluate where your team's game is at right now, what do you like the most about what this group's developed here? Yeah, well, I think I think
11: um... You know, we haven't given up many goals in the last number of games. That's a positive for us. I think, um, you know, the power play set a a league record, which is pretty impressive uh, given some of the, the teams that have played, um, in the history of the game, for for our team to do that—that that, that's exciting for that group. That our penalty kill did very well here down the stretch. I th- like our—you know—I said it this morning. I like the rhythm that our team is in, and um, you know I think. Um, been a team here down the stretch that's been finding ways to win. It's not always perfect. We make some mistakes here and there, but um, I think there's a real belief in each other and uh, what the opportunity before us is.
6: Uh, Jay, sorry. sorry, sorry. Okay. (laughs) Stewart Skinner looks really dialed in. I get, yep. I mean, can you give me a thought on, on his play down the stretch and just how confident you guys are in him going into the playoffs?
11: Yeah. Um, you know, I was mentioning all those other great things. Uh, Stewart's game speaks for itself. You know, obviously, uh, anytime you can break a record held by Grant Fuhrer, I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty special. Um, so good on him. Um, you know, he looks locked in. We've uh, managed his games. We've managed his minutes. He's a young man in the prime of his career, and um, you know, he's, uh, he, he's a pretty mature guy, and, and doesn't get too high or too low, but uh, I'm sure he's excited about the win tonight.
6: And I guess maybe in the past year or so, a couple of years, if Connor and Leon didn't carry the load offensively, this team would struggle, but now you're getting contributions from your bottom half of the lineup. You yeah, mark two goals today. Yeah. Guess how big is that? In going. To
11: play? I think it's huge. Uh, not only did he get two goals today, but he became another one of those double-digit scorers on our team. Um, You know, I think where we're we're about to get to, you need contributions from everybody. And sometimes the best players on both teams saw each other off, and and you're looking for a little bit of production elsewhere. And, and, uh, you know, we have a lot of guys that can um, score, given the opportunity.
7: So you won nine in a row, and you've got a lot of great numbers coming in here. What are the things that totally reset when the playoffs start and what are the things that maybe you could find a way to carry over?
11: Well, I think uh, a lot resets um, the regular season is finished um, for us uh, right now. Uh, so uh, once we find out who our playoff opponent is, it will spend a lot of time uh, in preparation, preparing for that team. But um, in terms of carryover, I, you know, I, and I, I've been saying this for the last couple months is that since Christmas time, I, I've liked a lot of the uh, parts of our team game. And, uh, you know, we've had moments here and there. But, um, I, you know, I believe that that carries over. That's something we've been working at. It, it didn't just happen. It, there's been a lot of hard work put into that. Um, you know, but... In the end, when you get into a playoff series versus um, one team, um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into trying to find success. And in the end, you have to find a way to beat one team four different times. And, uh, you know, we know that whoever we get in terms of an opponent is going to be a very, very good hockey team. And it's going to require a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, and a lot of attention to detail.
10: Do you
9: have to get to another level in the playoffs, or is there another another level to get to? It looks like you're pretty much at the ceiling the way the numbers are going. The way you know, fourteen oh and one. How do you get better?
11: Yeah, I mean, you know, those are those are nice, but that that's done. That's in the rearview mirror. And uh, like I said, I think um, the way we get better is is continuing to do hard things in pressure moments, and that's what the playoffs is all about. It's. Uh, it's finding a way to uh, be at your best when the other team is at their best. And um, whoever does it harder and longer is usually the team that wins. You have the reputation in gyms and college
1: football until they shine. When I talk to some of your guys, they say that one of the things I love most about you is you're really trust the process with each individual
11: player. Where do you get that mentality? How did you develop that, that ethos as a coach? Um. Well, first of all, that's a huge compliment you know, and one that I really appreciate, um, where do I get it? I think that just comes from, uh, experience. Um, you know, I had the good fortune to work on a lot of really good coaching staffs and work with a lot of really good players. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's no different here in Edmonton. We've got a lot of really special people. I think one of the, the keys to, to coaching is, is to learn, um, about each and every player, um, Learn how people respond to different types of stimulus, uh, get to know them as people, and then um, try and maximize their individual potential. So that comes from experience, but I'm 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 pleased. That's a huge compliment.
9: So Jay, w- when you're watching Seattle playing uh, Vegas, are you rooting for one team? Uh, I presume if, if Seattle wins, first overall but you also get home ice if you play L.A. as well. So are you watching the game as a fan as much as a coach?
11: Um, I'm watching the game with the interest of being able to finally put my thumb on who we're going to play and direct all of my attention to that team. Um, you know, it looks like a pretty good hockey game from at the end of our game to right now I was watching it. Um, I think, Jim, you get to this time of year, everyone presents problems. Uh every- Everyone's a good hockey team. Everyone got to this position uh, because they, you know, a lot of things went right in their regular season. Um, I think whoever we get is going to be a tough out and we better be ready. But, you know, I, I, I've used the term dress rehearsal here over the last while. That's what that 82-game regular season is all about. It's, it's so that you can grow and build and capture moments that help you uh, be, be the best that you can be when it, it really matters, and that's starting next week.
9: And when Dayarna got hit into the boards there and looked like he hit his head in the, in the glass, you don't want a player getting hurt the last game where you're holding your breath a little bit.
5: Um,
11: yeah, I mean, you never want to see anybody on either team in that situation. Um, but I thought it was positive he came back
9: played the rest of the game. So he felt good. And one last question on Ekholm. What have you noticed in the month he's been here, a month and a half, that you maybe didn't know?
11: Um, well, I would say that uh, we spent a lot of time doing our work on this player in a lot of different areas of the organization. So we had a good understanding of what we were getting. He's been everything we thought and more Um, in terms of what didn't I know. I didn't know how bad he wanted to be in Edmonton. And I think that's a great sign for us as an organization going forward. You have, um, you know, a top defenseman in our league. And when he got the call that he was moved to our organization, he was over the moon excited. Um, I heard it in his voice immediately. Um, he's excited about, uh, becoming a member of our community and, uh, raising his family here. So I didn't know that before we got him all the hockey stuff. I had a good idea about, but, uh, the personal stuff—he's uh, been very impressive, and I'm—I'm I'm so pleased that he's excited to be um, a, a big uh, member of our community.
9: You think he had that much offense in him?
11: Um, I would say that—that that, um, you know have good understanding of, of watching this player for a long time. Um, so I, I knew that he had some offense. Um, but, you know, sometimes you get to the right situation and, and um, it just happens. And uh, I said this when we got him, I think he, he fits us like a glove, but we also fit him like a glove.
3: Okay, that is Jay Woodcroft after the Oilers beat the Sharks 5-2. And uh, I will stay with you here until the end of the Vegas-Seattle game. It's 2-1 for Vegas with a minute 15 left. And Seattle has just pulled the goaltender and Vegas has just uh, iced the puck. So, of course, if Vegas gets a point out of this, which it appears they're going to, I mean, Seattle would have to win in regulation time. But we'll, we'll stick with you here right till the end just to uh, be sure that it's going to be Edmonton and and Los Angeles though it's about 99.999% chance that it will be that right now. The uh, Oilers up to 109 points on the season so that'll be uh, second in the division and uh, second in the conference. Again, Seattle would have to tie this game and then win it all in the final 50 seconds here as Vegas now has the puck. Eichel, well, had a shot at the end. He's offside, so not, not quite happening yet. Uh, so it lo- looks like the Oilers and Kings in the first round don't have a schedule. It'll start Monday or Tuesday. I was told earlier today, maybe they'd put out the this, this schedule tonight, but I don't know. It's, it's obviously getting pretty late, so I would expect we would have something uh, tomorrow, though there is still the matter of the central division as well because uh colorado still has a game left this is a makeup game by against Nashville from earlier in the season so colorado could still leapfrog dallas for first in the in the central division so i I guess that would affect uh who they're playing there so maybe they would just wait to see what happened but it will be monday or tuesday here at rogers place and again looking very much like the los angeles kings who the orders Played last year, a back-and-forth series. The Kings came in here and won game one. The Oilers then outscored the Kings 14-2 in games two and three. It looked like Edmonton was in complete control. L.A. shut out the Oilers in game four, won game five here in uh, overtime. So the Oilers were facing elimination. And remember, up 2 nothing in game six, and then L.A. tied it early in the third. Tyson Berry scored with about five minutes left in the third. And then a 2-0 win for uh, the Oilers in game seven, in which they... Really played excellent, and we're in control throughout most of that game. So, looks like we're going to get a rematch of that, as they are they're taking their time finishing this one here in Seattle. But I, I just want to stay with you to uh, so we at least lock up the Edmonton-LA matchup, even though we aren't going to be able to give you the schedule tonight. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, noon to two tomorrow, and uh, Inside Sports all have uh, from six to eight p.m. on six thirty. Chet as uh, they finally drop the puck in the neutral zone, and Seattle's going to work try to work it in for a shot. They have the goalie out. They have a six on five. Vegas breaks up the pass. It's tipped down the ice. That's going to go in. That is going to go in. A deflected pass and Vegas scores an empty netter with 37 seconds left. So Vegas will finish first in the Pacific, first in the Western Conference. Edmonton will finish second. It is locked in. The Oilers and the Kings will have all the games for you presented by Friesen Brothers. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Jed, the Oilers win their ninth in a row. That ties a franchise record 5-2 over the San Jose Sharks. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Playoffs next, Oil Country.